Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode. I'm so glad you're joining me. Hey, I want to tell you about a couple things before we jump into our episode. First off, head over to your socials, Facebook or Instagram, and follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights all the ministries of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church. It includes our blog called Planted, great content. It includes our mom-to-mom ministry for mothers. It includes our Regarding Him conference. It happens yearly in March. And of course, it includes this podcast, Unshaken. There's so much good content you are going to want to follow, so do it today. That will be in our show notes each and every week. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory. It helps us out, but it also helps you out because you get notification of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to me at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you have ideas, suggestions, or even thoughts about an episode that you heard. Finally, as you know, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's head into today's episode. All right, well, welcome, ladies. We're back for our third installment of Feminology. And this is our last episode focused on how women are image bearers of God. And we're back with Wendy Folk and Sharon Arndt. I'm glad you're here, ladies. Uh, Remember, we are going to be doing one episode per month. It drops the first Thursday of each month on this topic, biblical womanhood. So, uh, Wendy and Sharon, um, how are you guys doing right now? What's been your favorite thing from this past week? Well, my husband brought home a case of squirt. I love squirt. Have you heard of it? Yes. I've never had it. You've never had it? What? No. Oh, it's very, very good. It's like grapefruit flavored. It kind of took me back to my childhood. Mm -hmm. And I looked it up. It's been around since 1938. That's like before my mom was born. Wow. So it's an old thing. Yeah. Not very popular, but it's you'll have to try it. Okay. I know. I love it. I, I, it's, I, it's delicious. like my favorite. And it's like Fresca. Fresca, yeah. Oh, Fresca. Great for I have like had that. Great for I used that to flavor. love that. Yeah. yeah. So you mm-hmm. have to try it. So okay. we're retro drinking over here. Oh, yes, we are. We are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, how about you? Do you have a favorite thing from this past week? Oh, yeah. Anytime I get to spend time with my little grandbabies, I love it. So, yes, I got to have some time hugging on them. That was fun. Nice. Perfect. Um, I personally love, I've been trying to watch what I, you know, it's January, February, March. You know, we're still in the watch what you eat mode. Mm -hmm. Wait till I get to December and it's all thrown out the window. But I love apples with Cool Whip. That's my new thing. And I add a little bit of PB2 into it so it's yeah. like peanut butter but it's not like peanut butter which can have a lot of fat in it yeah um but i love it it's so good i just mix a little bit of it in there and is that can... powder mm-hmm. that sounds pb2 if you ever used it it's like a peanut butter protein oh. anyway it's and really there's good your recipe for the week yep that's right. <laughs> that's right that's what we're here for okay um i also think whenever i start thinking about favorites it makes me thankful Mm-hmm. So, uh, what are some things that you are thankful for this from this past week? Well, um, okay, so we've been recording these feminology podcasts, and yet at the same time, I also listen to Unshaken. Yeah, um, and good. so, so Yay. this past week on my way home from ballet with my daughter, you know, taking my daughter to ballet, um, I was listening to the podcast, and I got I caught the podcast with Mary Wegrin on oh, thankfulness. Yes. And um, so I had been praying that God would just kind of show me how to be thankful um, during times of blessings, 
Yeah. Because I have experienced how to be thankful during times of trials. Um, But sometimes it can actually be harder to be thankful, to remember to be thankful during times of blessings. And so um, Mary's podcast on thankfulness just really brought out the principle of treasuring Christ, Mm -hmm. you know, both in the trials and the blessings. And I reached out to her because that that was like an answer to prayer Mm -hmm. to me. I was really thankful to hear that. Yeah, I loved my conversation with her. Yeah, It was good. It was very good. Well... Wendy, I'm going to copy you. I'm thankful for this podcast as well. Um, I'm a little behind on listening, so I just listened to the Blender episode. Yes, with Audrey Johnson. Yes. yes. About smoothies? <laughs> and all this TV fit? Yeah. No. So actually, it's about, you know, um, if you're in a situation and you're blending families mm-hmm. because of divorce or other circumstances. So it doesn't really apply to me directly, but... Um, that episode helped me understand the dynamics and it gave me concrete ways I can help Mm -hmm. my friends that might be in that situation. Don't you think though that we blend families? Like, I mean, yes, of course we blend families when we have children that marry into our family or our children marry into others' family. Um, I would think those principles would fit with that too. Yeah, they do. They do. But initially I'm thinking, oh, it doesn't really apply to me, but it does. Right, right. So lots of nuggets of truth every time I listen. So. It's, Good. It's Praise great. God. I'm yeah, glad to really hear that. Awesome. Um, I have really enjoyed putting the podcast together, like doing mm-hmm. the editing and mm-hmm. stuff. I think that's fun. I'm also really thankful this past week um, for some slow evenings. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have busy evenings, but sometimes my whole days are packed. And like to get up, it's like I have to look ahead four weeks to find a night that nothing's mm-hmm. going yeah. on. So I've had a few this month, and um, it was just so nice to hang out with my family. Mm-hmm. Rather than rushing out, so many things maybe got canceled, or I just had nights off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so I guess busy weeks, you know, make me thankful for those slow nights, for yeah. snowstorms and cancellations and mm-hmm. downtime and my fireplace. Yes. Yeah. Cozy blankets <laughs> and marshmallows. Yeah. We, we roasted some marshmallows. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, very <laughs> fun. Very fun. Okay, so we are here to start talking about how we should live as women who honor God with our lives. And we're going to take a look again at what the Bible says about women. Uh, Now, we've talked already about these on episodes 83 and 87. Those were feminology number one and feminology number two. And these were all, again, all three of these are focused on being an image bearer of Christ. Um, And we are going to continue this conversation. So if you've not listened to those, I should say go back and listen to those first. Um, And again, a reminder that every... Thursday, the first Thursday of each month, we're going to be um, releasing a new episode focused on feminology. So we have more to come. So mm-hmm. we're almost done with these particular three episodes that are focused on this, but we want to finish well. So here we go. Sharon, give us a little bit of a review from fel- feminology number one. Maybe like, you know, just some of the key points. Okay. So in that first episode, we talked about man and woman were created in the image of God and they they're made the same according to their own kind, but they have distinctions which make them uniquely male or female. Okay. And then we talked about the image of God and man was marred by sin, and now we have a sinful nature. Yep. And if we believe in Christ, we are made new and are being shaped into the image of Christ. And then we also talked about how we're changed from the inside out, which is contrary to focusing solely on the externals. Which is... Focusing on the external is so much easier. Yes. Oh, so much easier, for sure. Yeah. Okay, Wendy, how about um, a little review of feminology number two? Okay, so last month we talked about how God, who is our creator and our heavenly father, he has given men and women specific roles. 
And so in last month's Feminology episode, we talked about two of those roles that God has given to women. Um, the first one we talked about was being a helper, and the second one was being a nurturer, or we, we call that also being a life giver. Mm. Um, and so mm-hmm. this is going to look different, you know, yeah. in, in, a, in everybody's lives, right. every woman's life. This is going to look a little bit different. Um, but the big picture idea is that being a life giver and being a helper means that we are preferring other people over ourselves. And so as we care for others, we're putting their needs above our own. And when we do this, we're imitating Christ. Yeah. Okay, that's great. That's great to start with because this is going to lead us right into today's discussion as we talk a little more specific, okay, about a couple specific things. We're going to compare what God says about being an image bearer and actually what the world says because the world is telling us different things. Sometimes we don't even know the world's telling us something, so it's good to kind of work through it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're actually going to focus on a couple of, I would call them hot topics. I'm putting air quotes around there to illustrate this. But I, I just want to say that we are actually not going to cover everything in our culture that relates. We just don't have time. We could do this. We could be talking for days, literally. Yeah. But it's always good to talk about it. And I hope that these principles that we're going to talk about today about how to use the Bible as our foundation will help us with really any hot topic. Right. That's mm-hmm. good. Figuring out what to do. Okay. Are you guys ready? We're ready. We're ready. All right. So one of the big issues that I see in our culture right now, like Mm -hmm. it's a big hot topic, is Mm -hmm. transgenderism. Mm -hmm. So I think we should say, what is transgenderism? Yeah. Well, transgender is an umbrella term that describes people whose gender identity or expression does not match the sex they were assigned at birth. In the United States, the percent of the population that is transgender ranges from 0.2 to 0.6%. Wow. So I don't know about you, but I hear so much about this topic. Mm -hmm. I really expected those numbers to be much higher. So it's not very prevalent based on those statistics, but we hear a lot about it. Wow, I would have expected a much higher number. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess it is good to sometimes look up the statistics on something. Yeah. So what does a culture (laughs) tell us about transgenderism? Yeah, I just want to pop in there and say that is really interesting, Sharon, I because I, I, I mean, obviously that prevalence is really quite low. Mm-hmm. But if we just, you know, listen to the media or if we watch the TVs and TV shows and movies, we would think that that number is like extremely high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the point, you know, that, uh. the, that the culture is telling us that transgenderism is normal and it's popular. Mm-hmm. But um, and, and and it is they're saying it is normal and popular to be okay with changing our image and literally recreating ourselves, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so what does our culture, you know, say about this? Well, they validate and they celebrate our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is really clear with the topic of transgenderism. Um, but as we know, feelings um, are fickle and they're unreliable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll never forget hearing this one woman's story. So she had been living as a man when someone, I mean, for years, right? And Mm. she thought that that was the answer to all of her problems. But someone asked her, why is it that you think you need to change your body to Mm -hmm. match your mind? Mm. Why wouldn't you instead change your mind to match your body? Yeah. Wow. Mm. 
I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think yeah. I read her book. It's yeah. called, it's, is it Laura Perry? It is, yeah. yeah. And it's, she has a great autobiography I read. It's called Transgender to Transformed. I'll actually put that in our show notes because mm-hmm. it's not a book on transgenderism. It's just her story. Right. And but, how God changed yeah. her. But yeah. wow, her story's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I personally love stories. So Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, in addition to the culture of like validating and celebrating our feelings, you know, regardless of whether or not they're aligned with reality, Culture also tells us that even if you're not transgender, you need to accept it. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need to accept transgenderism, homosexuality, you name it. Otherwise, if we don't accept it, we are going to be contributing. Culture says that we're going to be contributing to these individuals' mental health issues. I have definitely Mm -hmm. heard that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the culture, says there will be mental health issues if people aren't allowed to, you know, transition or have surgeries. And actually one research mm-hmm. study was done in Sweden. It extended over a 30 year time period and it actually showed that the suicide rate after people had the sex reassignment surgery was 20 times greater than that of comparable peers. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. So these issues clearly are linked with mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah. This is, there is just a real need for us to understand. It sounds like switching genders, you know, isn't mm-hmm. going to change our mental health. There's going mm-hmm. to be issues. There's something deeper, yep. right? right? right. Yep. <clears throat> There's so many people being affected in a negative way by this lie that we can change our genders. Mm. Children are being given blockers for hormones at young ages, mm-hmm. and we have no idea how this will affect them in the future. Yeah. And teen girls uh, have the highest rate of seeking medical help to transition genders. And between 2016 and 17, that number of gender surgeries for for females in particular quadrupled in the United States. That's interesting. I remember being a teenager. I had a lot of question marks in my brain Mm -hmm. all the time about Mm -hmm. things, you know? So it's interesting that this is kind of affecting our youth a great deal oh yeah yeah. when they're already being affected in their junior i mean junior high can we all say we it was yeah right right so here it's hitting them again yeah Yeah. for sure well and another trend um, that's happening within our culture is that trans men are stepping into roles that had previously been just solely for women Mm -hmm. and um i had shared a story with with sharon a while ago about this florida high school who had um elected a, a boy who was a trans, a trans boy, to be their homecoming queen? Wow. But it wasn't just that they elected him; they he was being celebrated, applauded. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Well, that makes me think of Rachel Levine, who has been called a hero mm-hmm. for being the first transgender person to hold a cabinet level position at. The, as a Secretary of Health, or right. or the swimmer, the Leah Thomas, the trans yeah. swimmer from. Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. yeah, Penn uh, University of Penn. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. broke records in swimming as he competed as a woman, right? Yeah. Against women, yeah. yeah, yeah. I know my yeah. daughter who plays soccer. We've had this conversation because she would, she would not, if she had to play in the boys' team at school, right? There'd be no way she yeah. would have no ability. They're waste. They're just different in Big how they play. Yeah, mm-hmm. and trans men are stepping into places formerly private and safe for women such as changing rooms, bathrooms, and even all female prisons, which is a scary thought. Yeah, there's a lot of articles about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Our culture says that women who transition to men can chest feed their babies, which totally makes a mockery of how God Mm -hmm. made women. 
So these accomplishments, air quotes, <laughs> they're applauded mm -hmm. and they're even encouraged in our society today. Mm -hmm. And sadly, God's created order is turned upside down and it's, it's mocked. Mm -hmm. So rebellion against God and his created order is it really at the root of all these trends. Yeah, yes it is. Yeah. So, you know, when we do what we want and not what God commanded or created us to do, that is just straight up rebellion. Which is true for any of us sitting here, anybody right. listening. Exactly. Right. When you don't do what God calls you to do, it's rebelling against Him. Yes. That's right. It's not so, just this particular yes. sin. It's all, all yeah. sin, yeah. every sin. Um, so Genesis is very clear that God created us male and female. And God is never wrong in his creation. Right. And when we reject the image God gave us, we're, we're rejecting God. Hmm. So so what does actually, that's interesting you bring up God in this. I mean, mm -hmm. we do often talk about God right. in the podcast, okay? But, yeah. but that's interesting. What does God actually say about it? Because is there something that he specifically focuses on with this? Right. So, well, as Sharon was saying, you know, God is being mocked and his created order of man and woman is being rejected. Yeah. And so our first two episodes of Feminology talked about how God created man and woman in his own image. And so, you know, what does God have to say about this? This goes back to the book of Genesis for, yeah. for all of this that we're talking about, um, especially the first two chapters. God is the creator and we are the creation. Um, it takes such pride to tell the creator that he made us wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes pride to mock God and not fear him rightly. Um, but as we read the Bible as a whole, it gives us an understanding of these truths. And <clears throat> as we see many who are foolishly mocking God and rejecting his sovereignty, we can remember God's truths. Mm -hmm. So um, one particular passage that comes to mind is in Isaiah 64. And it says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, mm -hmm. you the potter, mm -hmm. and all of us are the work of your hand. Yeah, that's interesting, Wendy. One thing I would say as we talk about this, sometimes we don't see something in the Bible because we aren't actually looking for it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's good to go looking yeah. for how God speaks. Okay, forget that. Just okay, go back whatever. to it. <laughs> I had a thought, but it's not coming out. So start. Go ahead with yours. Okay, so in addition to that, Wendy, <clears throat> the people that you know, are thinking about being transgender. We often hear like them saying, well, I don't feel like I should be a boy or I feel like I should be a girl instead. I was born the wrong gender, hmm. you know, so I'm going to change that because I don't feel like this is the way I should be. So these life-changing decisions, they're being based on feelings and not truth. Right, right. And if, again, we go back to God's word, in Jeremiah, it, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? <laughs> so basing decisions on how we feel is not a good plan mm -hmm. in this situation or any situation. Right, right. And our hearts are wicked, and they're going to lead us into evil things. Yeah, that's, that's such a good verse to use yeah. for all of us. <clears throat> right. Yes. Whether you're struggling with transgenderism or any sin yeah you know we can't trust our hearts right now and I also think of Romans 1 and God's judgment that is to come mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to read all of Romans 1 right now so I would encourage you this week if you have time sit down and read it it's it's a great chapter um, so I'm just going to read a few mm -hmm. verses from Romans 1 and it says for all 
For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Back to giving thanks, which is mm -hmm. what we're talking about mm -hmm. at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Mm. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Good. That's a great verse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, one more thought that I had that relates to just being an image bearer in today's culture. Um, it, well, so I don't personally struggle with transgenderism. However, I do struggle with being satisfied with how God has made me. And mm. that's really a similar thing. It's yes, it different is. results, but similar uh, maybe mind and heart behind it. Um, so, you know, God has created each one of us in his own masterful way. And when I compare myself with others, I find myself often being discontent with how God has created me. Instead of focusing on how I look or how I don't look, um, you know, like instead of being discontent with maybe being with aging <laughs> or that kind of thing, I um, need to take my eyes off of myself mm -hmm. and put them on to the one whose image I'm bearing. And that's God, of course. Mm -hmm. This is ultimately the solution when we are dissatisfied mm -hmm. with who we are as people. Yeah. You know, uh, okay. there's just so many more things that we could say about this topic of being grateful and content, you know, in mm -hmm. our images. Uh, I feel like we've only scratched the surface yeah. here today. I, I totally can relate, Wendy, to that. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting. It actually sounds like a contentment issue. Right. We're right. not content with who God made us. Right. So, again, I'm just like you. I don't, I don't struggle with transgenderism, mm -hmm. but I do struggle with body image. And right. I think it fits in here because right. I have often wished my body was thinner. Yeah. Like, I just naturally am not thin, skinny, mm -hmm. skinny. Like, I know women who, you know, like, they get pregnant. They have, like, four babies. And they are, go back to their same size four. Right. You know, they still wear their jeans they wore in high school. Right. I That is not me. Yeah. Okay? In fact, I teased with a friend recently that I think I've lost the same 20 pounds over <laughs> and over and over, okay? And I'm working on them again. But but it, it just is a challenge for women. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's actually a lie of Satan, really, right. Right. to tell us we're not good enough, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. Or that we know better than the Creator. Yeah, you know? yes. Yeah. Okay, so that leads me, really, since I talked a little bit about our changing bodies, to another hot topic. Because um, another thing that happens to all three of us is our bodies have changed as we've had babies. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about this other hot topic right now, which is abortion. What does the culture tell us about abortion? Well, our culture tries to dress up abortion with a pretty bow and not reveal it for what it really is. <clears throat> and it's murder. Hmm. Um, so abortion ends a pregnancy. It uses medicine or surgery to remove the embryo and placenta from the uterus. And abortion is the leading cause of death. There are 73 million abortions worldwide every single year. Wow. I know. Wow. It's crazy. So we're immersed in a culture that doesn't want this to change. Mm -hmm. um, I just read an article last week that um, the lobbying pro-abortion groups spent $3.7 billion in 2020 to promote killing babies and abortion mm -hmm. worldwide. That is a gigantic number. It's huge. It is huge. And many people within our culture don't even know what happens in an abortion. Hmm. So the abortion industry likes to keep all the gory details of abortion in a little black box. Yeah. So, you know, ignorance is bliss and not knowing what happens 
makes it a lot easier to accept. Mm -hmm. And this is pro propelled mm -hmm. with social media mm -hmm. and the, the entertainment industry because they're not going to tell you truth. Yes, exactly. So I don't know about you guys, but I've seen the images and they're really difficult to look at. Mm -hmm. But they reveal the truth. And mm -hmm. that truth is babies are literally ripped apart and destroyed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard of the um, pro-life group Live Action. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I would definitely recommend maybe putting that in the show notes because like yeah. just a, re a reference sure. to who they are. Um, but on social media, they regularly share videos where they ask people, hey, are you pro-life? Are you pro-choice? Why, why are you this? You know, what, what, what's the thinking behind your decision there? And it amazes me how quickly people change their minds after, like if they say, oh, I'm pro-choice, mm -hmm. but it amazes me how quickly they change their minds after live action shows them a video of how abortion works. Mm. It's as if they're seeing for the first time that abortion is actually murdering a human being, yeah. mm -hmm. you know? Yep. Um, before this realization, though, it's easy to just repeat the narrative yeah. and focus merely on the rights of the mother. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but when, when we see the reality of abortion, it makes it clear that this is the death of a little baby who mm. has no way of defending himself against a murderer. Mm. You know, nowhere else in life would this be okay. Right, right. You on. know, if a murderer chased down a child or an adult on the sidewalk, would we ever side with the murderer because of, you know, that murderer's right, right to a career yeah. or or her rights to her own body? Right. Mm -hmm. But I mean, it, simply put, abortion destroys, it murders babies. Who are made in the image of God. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. When I was in high school, my mom, this is my one claim to fame, my mom was the president of our Right to Life chapter in our county. My mom even marched on Washington, D.C. to protest the killing of babies that's through awesome. abortion. Nice. And um, because I was probably 13, 14, I remember we went to our state capitol for a conference on pro-life issues. Uh, no one in my high school went to this, by the way. Yeah. I was like the sole person. Mm, yeah. And they had a teen section. I attended it, and it was so impactful to me. Mm -hmm. It will always be impactful. Mm -hmm. One of the things we did was we watched this movie, which I think was a perfect way to get this information out. And the movie had three teen girls in it. And all of them got pregnant in high school. And they kind of showed all of that you know, experience, they, them finding out they were pregnant mm -hmm. and how they responded. And then how they each lived it out. One of them decided that they would um, carry the baby to full term. Mm -hmm. And they had people around them who were supportive. Mm -hmm. It was not the ideal situation. This girl was a senior in high school. It did change her life, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And then another girl, she was very actively involved in sports and wanted to play sports in college. And so she was pregnant. What does she do? So she opted to um, carry the baby to full term and adopt her child out, mm -hmm. showed that she continued to have relationships. She actually went off to college. She actually didn't get a scholarship to the top school she was hoping for, but she got a scholarship somewhere and played whatever. Yeah. Um, and then it showed the third girl, and she had, like, at the time, this is all, this is the narrative she knew. Mm -hmm. Like, you commented on narrative. Mm -hmm. She knew this isn't a baby. She didn't know. She believed the lie that there wasn't really a baby inside of her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she went and did had an abortion. And it showed the process of her getting there. And all the support around her were saying, get an abortion, get yeah. an abortion. Yeah. She didn't have support like mm -hmm. we would hope she had had towards pro-life. Anyway, she went off and had the abortion. They showed some of those same images. I bet they're the same ones you saw, yeah. Sharon, of what happens in an abortion, mm -hmm. what happens after abortion. And, um, you know, it even showed some of the difficult days for this girl mm -hmm. because she didn't have, it was hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, we talked earlier about mental health. This mm-hmm. is a mental health uh, mm-hmm. challenge. I actually think for me, when I was 13, 14, 15, I don't remember, but I think it was really helpful to see all those aspects, mm-hmm. yeah. to see all the possible ways. And I actually think that kind of an idea is good for all girls to watch, yeah. probably all women. Yeah. It does sound like it would make a huge impact, that's for sure. You know, I do pray that we would have compassion on those who have had an abortion Yes, mm-hmm. um, because there's forgiveness offered through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And this is true for all of the sins that we talk about. Um, but especially with abortion, this is, this is such a very difficult um, topic. And many women struggle with deep guilt after having yes. an abortion, and, and rightly so. Yeah. Um, but when they're told by the culture that it's fine, it's legal, you know, just go on with your life, right. think of yourself, um, then they're never really given the opportunity to cleanse their guilt through confessing yeah. it and being forgiven. First um, right. John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. And like I said, this is true for all sins, um, including abortion. And if we could go back to the beginning, including transgenderism. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I pray that if a woman is listening to this episode today and she's never confessed the sin of abortion, um, that she would know that God hears her prayers if she confesses and asks him for forgiveness. Mm. That, mm. That's good that you brought out the, the both transgenderism and yeah. abortion mm-hmm. because just like we may not have struggled with that, but yeah. we have sin too. Right. And we Absolutely. need the same verse. We need the same forgiveness of sins. Yes. Our, and, all of our sins have yep. us from a holy God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wendy, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Mm-hmm. This happened to me this week. I was sinning and I confessed it and there mm-hmm. was such freedom yeah such freedom in confessing our sin and um so julie that is truly a powerful story and we think about women today they're just being fed the lie that things will be better for them if they choose abortion and they're told they can be free to move on without hindrance of a child and it's really not the case there are lasting effects that don't go away and it's interesting to note that the suicide rate for women having abortions is six times higher than for women who give birth. Wow. Yeah, so those stats really reveal the truth and expose the lie that doing what we think is best, in fact, is not what is best. Mm. Wow, that's interesting. I um, We're like the stat people today. Yeah, yeah we are. <laughs> but, I, I, but I actually love that. These are that. hot topics. That yeah. Are, yeah. You know, there's a and, lot of info out but there. But that's good to know because I think as we look at other hot topics, because nothing's new under the sun, the Bible no. tells us that. Mm-hmm. There'll always be new hot topics on the horizon. Let's look at what the statistics say and let's also go back to the Bible, which I think is really good. Okay, so um, how does our culture view pregnancy and babies? Because obviously abortion's a big thing. So what's going on? Yeah, so like we said, our culture has turned God's design upside down. Instead of elevating human life, it elevates animals who have not been made in the image of God. And so here's a little story about that. Um, my family goes to a beach in North Carolina every year where the sea turtles nest and hatch. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. It is fun. So there's advocates that go to great lengths to protect these sea turtles. Now, don't get me wrong, I love sea turtles, and yet the punishment for harming a sea turtle is really over the top. Oh. So if you're walking on the beach and they... They block off where the nests are. You can't oh. walk there. Hmm. If you walk there, like, you get shamed. I are mean, they endangered? Is that they're why? They're endangered. Okay. And then, like, you can't leave your porch light on because if they hatch, they're going to go the wrong way because they follow the moon. Yeah. Oh. 
which oh. I understand. Probably a hundred years ago, no one was on this beach. Right and now, it's all built up. So I understand that. Sure. But so literally, they're federally protected. So if you damage the nest or you even touch a sea turtle or get in their way of getting to the ocean, it's a fifty thousand dollar fine. Wow. Fifty thousand dollars, and you can get a year in prison. Can That's, you imagine if our government protected unborn babies in the same way? Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's I don't know. I, boggling. I'm just thinking about like two men in prison and one of them saying, what are you in here for? <laughs> you know, I touched a sea turtle. Right. Like, hello. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, I busted up the sea turtle. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a serious thing. Mm-hmm. It's very serious. And then, now this seems mm-hmm. almost crazy. I think it is crazy, but... There was a U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Ohio, which is where we live. They recognized animals as legal persons for the first time in the United States. What? Yeah, it's crazy. So it's based on, um, there's this international fight to protect some hippos from slaughter. I'm not sure how Ohio got involved, but they did. Well, we have a huge hippo population (laughs) in Ohio, right? But yeah, let's go to all these great lengths to protect these animals. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... This is true, and we, we, we've discussed already. We don't want to say we should go out and just murder those sea turtles. No, no, Like, no. there is something to protect some of those animals. But yeah. I think what you're trying to say with all of that is it is elevated yeah. animals above people. Right? Yeah. So, obviously, there's an issue. But, like, you know, in my real world, I don't know. Does this affect me? Yeah. So, how does it, has it ever directly affected you, Sharon? So, Julie, when my daughter was expecting her first baby... I thought it'd be fun to take her shopping yeah. and get her some cute maternity clothes. So um, so we're, you know, bouncing around everywhere, and every store we went to, where's your maternity section? Oh, we don't have any. It's only online. Literally four stores, four mm. strikeouts, places you would expect to have to maternity those. clothes. Where I found maternity clothes. Now that was a while ago. But so it was very interesting. There was no maternity clothes to be found anywhere. Like, the stores are not even making space hmm. for maternity clothes because the demand isn't there, I'm guessing. So, I mean, it's just kind of a, a marker for me that our society is not really embracing motherhood. Hmm. And, and God's word is clear that children are a blessing, and yet children are seen as a hindrance, and they get in the way of our plans. Hmm. And then, interesting, on the same shopping trip... Uh, we were in a store, and there was place on a shelf, you know, for Advent calendar for dogs. Oh, you know, geez. like treating dogs like humans. It was just yeah, kind of crazy and disheartening. Mm-hmm. I thought it's kind of how we've talked. Things get topsy turvy or flipped. Yes, often in society, and we have to like flip it back and look at what God says. So, what mm-hmm. does God say about this? Mm-hmm. Well, in Matthew eighteen, uh, Jesus's disciples asked him, "Who is the greatest in the kingdom of of heaven?" And we often think of being great as um, someone who has accomplished, you know, a lot of amazing things. But I'm sure that uh, Jesus surprised his followers by saying that the greatest in the kingdom of heaven is whoever humbles himself as a child. Hmm. We don't like to humble ourselves. No. You know, we don't. The culture tells us that life is all about us. Yep. You know, look at your Look, look your greatest, um, make the most money, achieve the most in your career. Sure. Yep. And when we believe the culture instead of God, we are going to disdain the humblest of all, and mm. that's children. 
We don't want to, you know, lose our youthful bodies by becoming pregnant. We don't want to miss out on a career opportunity to mm -hmm. raise children. Um, you know, the other day, I, I found myself repeating the same directions to my child and dealing with this child's same negative responses. Um, I knew I was helping my child, but my help was not wanted. Uh, and you know what? Sometimes being a mother can be really difficult, mm -hmm. uh, especially during times like that. You know, your help can be rejected and your work feels like it's thankless. But during that moment, instead of feeling sorry for myself and complaining about children, mm -hmm. um, God prompted me to just be humble. You know, don't mm -hmm. take it personally. Just stay in the game and keep loving yep. them and training them and trusting God for their hearts. Mm. Yeah, that's a, like an opposite view, yeah. you know, from being frustrated. I will say, I agree with you, mothering is hard at times. Mm -hmm. But how do you, Wendy, humble yourself and lead and care for your children in that, in that process? In that mind frame? Yeah. Well, you know, whether they're our children or whether they're somebody else's children, um, caring for children is kingdom work. Yeah. Can mm -hmm. we see it with that kind of importance? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, oftentimes we might, uh, not want to volunteer in the church nursery. That's kind of like the least favorite job many times. Yeah. But that is kingdom work. Yes, that is, it is. That is caring for children. Jesus also says in Matthew 18 that whoever causes a child to stumble would be better off if he had a heavy millstone hung around his neck and drowned in the depths of the sea. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that is huge, right? <clears throat> we need to humble ourselves by elevating children. You know, appreciating them, thanking God for them. Uh, we also need to humble ourselves by not being focused on our perfect bodies um, or our awesome careers or any other thing that is so self-focused that I can, you know, right. think of. Mm -hmm. um, we humble ourselves by encouraging other mothers in their yep. hard work. Um, mm -hmm. We humble ourselves by being advocates for the yep. unborn, mm -hmm. and and really just in general by speaking positively about children rather than derogatory terms. And I see that all day long on social media. Mm -hmm. You know, there's yes. all sorts of complaints and put yourself first. Mm -hmm. um, but that is not humbling ourselves and, you know, elevating children. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. That's interesting um, that you talked about the, the idea that this is kingdom work. Yes. I think mm -hmm. it's a perspective shift. Yes. yes. It's completely shifting our perspective because well, to truth versus our feelings. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because hard, we we just said mothering is hard work. Yeah. So sometimes when there's something hard in front of us, we just kind of want to give up or That's we want right. to do the easy thing. So we have to switch that paradigm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, I get caught up and focused on the big things that I need to do, hmm. like mountains of laundry, <laughs> meal prep and clean up. And not to mention the mismatched socks that are okay. That's like a whole day's <laughs> will job. Will never be taken care that of. That to do list. Yeah. Yes. Um, so it consumes so much of my time. And if I'm honest, those tasks on my to do list, they're much easier for me to deal with. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's a lot easier for me to neglect my people and how they're doing spiritually or emotionally. Mm. So I can't ignore the mountain of laundry or meal prep. But sometimes I can ignore ignore how they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, so getting food on the table comes a lot easier than getting into a deep conversation about where my kids are. If they're sinning or taking the time to encourage them. Mm, that's such a crucial thing to encourage our kids. It's huge. Mm -hmm. it's huge. Mm -hmm. And being attentive to their needs is crucial. And I fail in this many times. So my to-do list is quite long and it's a daily, hourly struggle for me to be mindful 
that I'm not overlooking the genuine needs of my family because of everything else I have to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think those are really good suggestions in there. The hard work that God calls us to do as mothers and having children means it it does require us to have our eyes open to different things. It's not just keeping our house clean. It's not just doing our dishes. Those are a part of it, though. You wouldn't say get rid of those. No, they have to be done. Yeah. 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 So this is actually how we are an image bearer of Christ, what you're talking about. So how should we as Christian women, you know, as these image bearers of Christ who are living every day in this world, respond to these hot topics? What should we do? Yeah, I I was just going to say they are hot topics because they're everywhere around us. We're just saturated in our society. You know, we hear it all the time. You know, you can't go on social media without seeing something that's contrary to the image of God. Um, So we do need to be equipped with how to respond. Um, I think first we need to know what God says about being his image bearers. Um, We need to know that men and women have value because we are made in God's image. Um, That is is special. We aren't Mm -hmm. like the animals. Um, Whenever anyone is attacking another human or whenever they're advocating killing an unborn human being or if somebody's encouraging someone else to recreate Mm -hmm. their bodies, um, like through changing genders, Mm -hmm. um, we need to know that God says this is rebellion. This is rebellion against his creation, Mm. Um, you know, God the creator and how he has created us. Um, So first we just need to know the truth. That's Mm -hmm. interesting, Wendy, that piece of truth you just talked about that that all people are made in God's image, right? right? That's right. So that was actually helpful to me this week as I was on the telephone with a customer service agent for my internet connection. Yeah. (laughs) And I was honestly beginning to become frustrated with this person. Mm -hmm. Sure. But I I stopped and, and I think it was the Holy Spirit that said, don't forget two things, this person is made in my image. Mm-hmm. So instead of being frustrated with the person, I could calm myself down and not be angry mm-hmm. because I was like, you know what? I need to respond to this person. She's, she, this person on the other side of this phone is an image bearer mm-hmm. yeah. Christ. Mm-hmm. And I also had to realize that she's just a customer service representative and she doesn't <laughs> have any power in my situation, you know? So, mm-hmm. but I do think it's good to remember that in our everyday life. Right, mm-hmm. right. Well, I think, too, we need to know how to respond in that truth, mm. you know. Um, we need wisdom and discernment. We need to know, okay, I know God's truth, but is it wise right now to share it with these particular people? Mm-hmm. Um, and if so, how do I go about doing that? Um, do we get on every social media post and hammer them with scripture? Um, or do we maybe have personal conversations with people about God's truth? Um we need to discern right through prayer, you know, when mm-hmm. and how to share God's truth with other people. <clears throat> and and we need to have the courage to speak God's truth. And um, we also need to know how to be loving in that approach. Um, God's word is the complete opposite of what our culture is telling us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So his light is going to be hard for those who are in the dark. Yes. It is very helpful, though, to pray that God would show us how to respond in each situation. Um, For some of us, we may be right to get into the social media fray and speak truth, even while other commoners might be mocking us and God. Um, For others, we might find it to be more productive to talk one-on-one with those who don't know God's truth. So just pray for wisdom and discernment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, 
these are just actually two hot topics that we're dealing with in right. today's episode. But mm -hmm. what you just told me, Wendy, and what you guys have both said are things that we can use for almost any hot topic. That's yeah. for sure. You know, like go back to what the Bible says. But there were a couple things you said that I think are good. You said we have to speak truth. Mm -hmm. Our world tells is is full of lies all the time. We have to speak the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to do that. We have to also, in addition to that, like blend it together, like salt and pepper, like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. We have to show love. Mm -hmm. PP fit and cool whip. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See? But we have to do both. You have yeah. to show, you have to speak truth. You have to show love. And then we have to take courage mm -hmm. in Christ. Not courage in our ability to right. speak or how we're talking. I think those are just really important. Those three things that you just shared. Mm -hmm. um, because I think what happens sometimes is that it's easy on social media to speak truth. It's easy to go in there and plop scripture, whole passages, mm -hmm. and drop it and walk away or get into arguments. Now, oh, I'm not, sure. you yeah. know, that's easily, that happens. Yeah. Maybe there's times we have to ha go back to what you said about having wisdom and discernment in the timing mm -hmm. of when to speak. Yeah. Um, so we're not doing things that are going to come off bristly on purpose. We want them to be bristly because of God's word, right? Yeah. Of, of the Holy Spirit convicting right. them. Not yeah. bristly because of how we said it. Because we're being jerks. Right. Or because <laughs> we're being jerks. Right. That's exactly right. And we have to remember we're not going to change them, but God's word That's right. is right. going to change them. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So since we're talking about all of these things and, you know, we haven't necessarily dealt with these two hot topics necessarily in our lives, but how have you... Wendy or Sharon believe the lies that the world tells us about how we should be as women, how, sh how we should act compared to what God says. Yeah. I mean, where do I begin? You know, <laughs> I mean, I have believed that my worth is in my career or my looks or my youthfulness. I believe that my marriage should be 50, 50 and that submission is a bad word. Oh, it's mm -hmm. the S word. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe that I get to say what being a woman is like. Mm. Um, you know, the roles that I get to do. Uh, I believe that I am the one who gets to decide all of this. And I wouldn't have said this then, but ultimately I believed that my opinions had more value than God's truth. Mm -hmm. I have to share this story before we go today. Um, when I was in college, I took a class where I was persuaded to support abortion and oh. to sympathize with homosexuality. Well, although I had professed Christ and was raised to know God's word, um, I was persuaded otherwise. Mm. I wasn't really living for the Lord during that time. <clears throat> well, I'll never forget coming home that Thanksgiving. And we were sitting at the table, and I announced that abortion was not wrong. Uh. And my dad quickly challenged me. He, he was like, no. But I'm so glad that he did that because it really shook me out of my stupor, you know, mm. of believing the lies. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I literally remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And it was like 35 years ago. Yeah. It was yeah. so impactful to me. Yeah, I love that you shared that because as a parent, so now I'm looking at it from yes. your dad's perspective, yes. yeah. we got to be dialoguing with our kids yes. about what's wrong in society. That's right. Because mm -hmm. if we don't, they will go to college yeah. and pick something up. Yeah. Yeah, that's and a it, great story. Yeah, mm -hmm. and it really meant a lot to me that my dad stood firm on that. Um, the culture eagerly wants us to believe its lies. We must know the Word of God and compare the emotional narrative with God's truth. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Sharon... What about you? Like, have you experienced this same thing where you've believed lies of the world? Uh, most definitely. In fact, college campuses, mm -hmm. I think that's like their goal. Mm -hmm. Even Christian colleges mm -hmm. today, it's yep. crazy. 
Um, so anyway, I believe that I could find my identity and worth in a full-time career. Okay. So I was a pharmacist and I'd have to say like motherhood was kind of a sidebar in mm. my life. Um, I thought I would have kids and then, you know, get back to the real work, air quotes, real mm -hmm. work. Um, I was immersed in this culture, you know, all my friends were pharmacists and sure. a lot of, I know a lot of pharmacist couples, you're in school together, pharmacist, you know, husband, yep. pharmacist, wife. It kind of defines you. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's what you do. You both work full time and you make a lot of money. And um, so I was immersed in it, didn't think anything of it. And then I had my first child and... I remember Mike saying he wanted me to stay home, and I was like, oh, I mean, I wasn't, that was not my plan. Um, so I went back to work, like, less than part-time. I didn't go back full-time. And, you know, when you go somewhere and they say, well, what's your profession when they're oh, filling yeah. out a form? I always said I was a pharmacist, mm -hmm. even though that wasn't a big part of my life. I was a mom. But a mom just kind of seemed beneath me, and in my mind, it was not a very important job to do. And I was believing the lie that motherhood is somewhat of a second-rate job. Mm -hmm. It was for those who had nothing more important to do, and the pay isn't really that great, you know, <laughs> no. if I'm honest. So I know plenty of women. I know plenty of women who do work full-time or part-time, and they're doing a great job putting their roles as mothers in the proper place. But my my perspective was out of whack. Your priorities were messed up. They were. What and was important. Yeah. So so as the years rolled by, I continued having kids and my career took a back seat. And over the years, God was so gracious and he supplied all I needed to embrace my role as a mom. He planted me in a great church. He opened my eyes to the truths found in his word. And he surrounded me with other moms that were embracing their roles as mothers. Mm -hmm. So he brought me encouragement and strength that I needed to fulfill my role. And being a mom is the most important job there is. I'm sure that you've both heard that quote, the hand that rocks the cradle is the one that rules the world. Mm. Yes, I have. Heard that. Yep. I think there's a book called that too, but Yeah, I'm not so so and also on the other topic about abortion. I also had a somewhat non-committal stance on abortion. So, you know, it wasn't right for me, and yet it was okay in my mind if that is what someone else chose to do. And I actually sympathized with my friends in college who found themselves, you know, pregnant, and abortion seemed like a good solution. It wasn't until I sat beneath teaching on abortion that exposed it for what it truly was did I take a solid stance mm. against this, similar to your experience, Julie. I was uninformed and abortion was touted as a simple medical procedure to take care of an unplanned pregnancy. Wow. Okay, wow, that's interesting, Sharon, that you comment on that about being a somewhat non-committal, mm. having a non-committal stance on abortion because I think in our churches we have that. We have yeah. other Christian women who just haven't really thought about it. They just And that's know. okay. Yeah. Like, they have not heard the truth yet. And so I think for me, that helps me remember not to become judgmental if someone is not there. But yeah. to speak truth, mm -hmm. like we talked earlier, mm -hmm. to um, take courage in it, take courage in the Lord, speak truth, and also have great love for people mm -hmm. around us. I think that's good. I know I, I will share that for me, 
one of the things that is challenging when you are a, uh, like for years I was a stay-at-home mom, is finding purpose in it. Right. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're busy all day long doing things that get messed up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so I loved being a part of um, a ministry that I was a part of, which was a mom's group, mm-hmm. because it kept reminding me this is a good job to have. Yeah. Right. And even the times I've worked part-time, I, I never worked full-time with little kids, but I'm sure there are women who do. Mm-hmm. And it just was a reminder, this is a, this is really important. It's more important that I take care of my husband and my children mm-hmm. than my little part-time job. Yeah. You know, yeah. And sometimes women need to work, so I get that. But yeah. Having those reminders, keeping perspective is so good. Yeah, because especially for our identity. That yes. the culture is lying to us and saying that, yes. you know, children are not important. Being a mother is not important. Right. It is not worthy. Right. And it just, you know. Yeah, like like Sharon said, it. she made it like a sidebar. That's right. Yeah. Like it's just an extra job. My That's real right. job is I'm a, yes. you know, fill in the blank. I'm yeah. a pharmacist. I'm a teacher. I'm a That's speech right. pathologist. Whatever. That's right. Instead mm-hmm. of saying, you know what, this is where my call is. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this is really good stuff to talk about today. I am so grateful to both of you for being on. And I think we've talked about a lot of things. I think some of the things we talked about today can can be applied in other hot topics that come up. Yeah. yeah. You know, and there's going to be other hot topics, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think it's good. Wendy, would you pray for us? Yep. All right, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to um, be with um, Julie and Sharon these last couple of months and to talk about how you have created us, um, that you are the creator. We praise you for your perfect um, work. We praise you for your sovereignty, for your authority, um, for your goodness and kindness as our Father. And Lord, I pray that for those who don't know you or for those who aren't aware of the, of the truths from your word, um, Father, about being a woman, I pray that these podcasts would be used by your Holy Spirit to cause women to dig into your word and to learn the truth about mm. how you have created us and how much you love us and how much value we have because we are bearing your image. I pray, Father, that you would show us how to share your truth with Mm -hmm. others, others who may not know you or who may have a wrong understanding um, because of believing the lies that the culture has told Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And so help us, guide us to have wisdom and discernment in speaking courageously um, the truth in love And I pray, Father, that you would be glorified. May we hear of many stories of women who have come to know your truth and who have embraced um, what it means to be a woman made in the image of God. Um, We just love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. And ladies, thanks so much for being on today. Loved being able to talk with both of you. Thanks Thanks for having us, Julie. I, I think all of what we said was good. I think we had a lot of things to think about. A lot of things. And, and we're not done here at Unshaken because we drop and release a new episode every Thursday. Um, so next week, we are going to have another episode drop. And the topic is, well, it's called The Most Overused Word. So I will just let oh, you guys think what could that possibly be. Hmm. I'm not even going to tell you. You're just going to have to listen. It's going to be like a yeah. you know, no spoilers. Cliffhanger. Right? Yeah, cliffhanger. Wow. That's the word. <laughs> Um, and in um, coming up, we're going to be talking on feminology, which again drops the first Thursday of each month. We're going to focus on a different specific aspect of that. We're going to be talking about strength. Yes. Can a woman be strong? 
is it okay if she's strong? Can she be as strong as a man? Like we have lots of interesting uh, things yes, to talk about that's with that one. Be some good stuff to unpack. Yeah. So, um, and we're going to be having a new a new person on to talk with. So um, we'll jump into that then. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.